And when the rate of external change starts to exceed the rate of internal change, disaster feels like it's imminent. Um, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm probably speaking to people that know exactly what I'm talking about. And you just, you know, you find yourself in a dark place going, what am I going to do? Welcome to Executive Minds, the podcast helping you convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. Here's your host, Kevin B. Jennings. Welcome to Executive Minds, where we help go-getters like you become difference makers with the guidance you need to convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. I'm Kevin B. Jennings, and every episode you'll get principles, strategies, and tools from experienced and emerging leaders who have maximized their potential to do things like launch ideas, lead teams, build businesses, improve communities, and ultimately make a difference in others' lives. Today, we're going to talk to my friend and a founding mentor here, Shane Benson, the Senior Vice President of Field Operations at Chick-fil-A. Now, that's just fancy talk for saying he leads the team supporting Chick-fil-A's 2,000 franchisees. Now, during our conversation, we catch up with Shane about what He's been learning over the last 12 to 18 months and get a look behind the scenes into his annual review for 2021. There are a lot of incredible topics covered in this episode, and one recurring theme is how to make progress in areas of life that are a bit harder to measure, like our leadership, marriage, parenting, and spirituality. Before we go any further, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by the best-selling Full Focus Planner. This is the planner I personally use, and it has everything you need to win each day, quarter, and year baked in. It sets you up to focus your work on the biggest, highest leverage tasks, and you won't worry about the small stuff. This system simplifies winning and goal achievement. And just for Executive Minds listeners, you're getting a 10% discount site-wide at the Full Focus store. Just visit executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and enter the code execminds at checkout. Again, that's executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and execminds, all one word, at checkout. Executive Minds is also brought to you by the Art of Leadership Network, created by our friend and previous guest, best-selling author Carrie Newhoff. The Art of Leadership Network gathers together world-class leaders and podcasters dedicated to helping you live in a way today that will help you thrive tomorrow. Executive Minds is honored to be one of the podcasts in the Art of Leadership Network. Learn more at the Art of Leadership Network. Dot com. Well, future Difference Makers, you're in for a great conversation today. Uh, you're going to be hearing from one-fourth of the mentor team, uh, one of our founding mentors, Shane Benson. Now, Shane is a leader of leaders, uh, and one of his many 
superpowers is leading with care. Shane has the ability to make everyone feel valued. If you're new to the podcast, please allow me to introduce you to Shane. Shane's first experience with entrepreneurship started with owning and operating Chick-fil-A restaurants in California and North Carolina. He joined Chick-fil-A's corporate team years ago, and like I said, he serves as the Senior Vice President of Field Operations. Now, he's not all about work. When he is away from work, he enjoys training for marathons and triathlons. Uh, A few years back, Shane completed the Disney Dopey Race, a competition that consisted of a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and full marathon. Uh, Since then, Shane has renamed the event the Dumbo because he vows to never do it again. Uh, Shane aspires to be a gentleman farmer one day and wants to own baby doll sheep, rabbits, chickens, cats, and dogs. He has been married to his high school sweetheart, Gina, for more than 25 years, and together they have four children, three boys and a girl. Uh, Shane often jokes that he got on his knees and prayed for a little girl so that someone in his family wouldn't forget his birthday. In our conversation, I asked Shane to take us into his annual review from 2021 so we can hear a great example of how these are done. And second, we can hear what a top executive at a multi-million dollar business is learning in real time. So after this quick break, you and I will hear Shane's annual review and learn how we can achieve goals that can't be measured. How many tasks are on your to-do list? 10, 15, too many? When your attention is divided, it's not surprising when important work gets pushed back, deadlines are missed, and worse, your personal goals are unachieved. So what's the solution? First, increasing productivity isn't about getting more things done. It's about getting the right things done, and you need a system to help you accomplish that. Introducing the Full Focus Planner, designed to focus you on a few of your biggest tasks each day. And they all tie back to your quarterly and annual goals. So you get more done in a single quarter than most overwhelmed, confused, and frustrated would-be achievers get done in a year. To see what this system is all about, go to executiveminds.co forward slash full focus. And just for listeners of Executive Minds, you get a 10% site-wide discount at the full focus store when you enter Exec Minds at checkout. Again, that's executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and enter Exec Minds at checkout. Don't let everyday noise throw you off track from your goals. Go to executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and get the only planner that sets you up to win. Go-getters like you and me are always on the lookout for quality podcasts to help us grow in life and leadership. And that's why bestselling author and top podcaster Carrie Newhoff has just launched the Art of Leadership Network. 
The Art of Leadership Network is a new podcast network, and it includes world-class leaders dedicated to teaching you how to live in a way today that will help you thrive tomorrow. On the network, you'll hear from top leaders on culture, entrepreneurship, executive leadership, organizational culture, nonprofit leadership, church trends, influencer strategies, healthy living, and a lot more. The Art of Leadership Network includes podcasts like the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, Win Today with Christopher Cook, H3 Leadership with Brad Lominick, Lead Culture with Jenny Katrin, and many more, including this podcast, Executive Minds, which features our team here at Mentor, Jeff Henderson of The Four Company, Shane Benson and David Farmer of Chick-fil-A, and me, Kevin B. Jennings. Learn more about the shows and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode at theartofleadershipnetwork.com. Now, on to today's episode. Okay, Shane, I am pumped to be with you, my friend. Uh, People don't even know how hard we worked to bring this content to them today, but they need to appreciate. No, um, you know what? Shane and I have been persevering through some tech difficulties, but you know what? We don't give up because we know the value that we can bring to each of you. And so today I'm excited because I have a conversation that I'm guaranteeing you you're going to benefit from because we're going to get to ask Shane what he's been learning um, over the last year and a half since we've had a chance to hear him bring his own perspectives and lessons to the podcast. Uh, and so, Shane, I just want to set some context for those who don't know as much about you, right? So you're 30 plus years into your career at Chick-fil-A, which already by itself is amazing. Um, but what's Started amazing- when I was 10. Started when I was 10, <laughs> just to be clear. Exactly. Yeah. You you don't look a day over 40 anyway. That that actually is true. I don't know how you feel, but you, you look fantastic. But what's amazing to me is that I've had an opportunity, even through a small glimpse, to see how much the organization has grown and how much it's changed. And the fact that you have managed to grow alongside it, to me, <laughs> is so amazing. When you see this gigantic kind of engine of these people working together, moving faster and faster year over year. And here you are keeping pace and sometimes making it your job to be outpacing the organization. So you have something to give them when they arrive at that place. I want to just kind of start by asking you, okay, if you had to look and apply a theme kind of for the last year or so, as it relates to your personal and professional development, what would you call this? Like the year of what? Like what has this been in for Shane? I'll share with you a quote that I heard probably 10 years ago that I reflected on probably more often in the last two years than I ever had in the last 10. And it was this phrase around when the rate of external change exceeds the rate of internal change, disaster is imminent. Wow. And I don't know about you, but I felt like that the rate of external change in the last two years, and I'm not just talking about a pandemic. I, I'm talking about just racial unrest. I'm talking about changes in business. We think specifically about Chick-fil-A having to completely shut down dining rooms and go completely to a drive through and curbside and delivery 
And when the rate of external change starts to exceed the rate of internal change, disaster feels like it's imminent. Um, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm probably speaking to people that know exactly what I'm talking about. And you just, you know, you find yourself in a dark place going, what am I going to do? Right. And so the last two years, it's really been for me a journey to try and make sure that doesn't happen. Mm. And I think it's podcasts like this, Kevin, and, you know, your passion for development and, you know, helping people kind of get from where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow. Um, but it's it's resources like this that actually help us through some of those challenging times, because I think all of us truly want to be a better leader. And by doing that, we can hopefully outpace the rate of external change. Uh, and mm. that's where success can happen. So that's kind of the journey I've been on. It's a theme that I've had over the last couple of years, for sure. Wow. I've never heard that quote before. So you have been holding back the winds of disaster. <laughs> uh, no, but, but that makes a ton of sense to me. So, well, that's a great way to start what I want to ask you next. So, I mean, you and I on this podcast over the years have talked about the power of debriefs and reviews. I think I'm pretty sure you're the first person that gave me the questions of what went well, what didn't go well, and what do I want to do differently? Um, and I would love to just, if you don't mind, take all of us behind the scenes into Shane Benson's debrief with himself over the last year or so and say, okay, yeah, let's start there. I mean, what were you hoping to make happen? So before we kind of talk about what went well, like, like let's, I want to hear this kind of ground us in what were you hoping to make happen in 2021? What were a few of your goals, whether it be personal or professional, when you look back at last year? Yeah, it's a great question to reflect on, you know, as I think back personally and professionally, I think a theme that came out of that was, how do I do my very best to help people feel safe? And that mm, was a huge thing, you know, it's like inside the home. And what I mean by that is safe emotionally, financially spiritually, physically, like what is it that we needed to do to make sure that people felt safe? And I think all of us kind of went through some of those questions personally. I know for us professionally, we did a lot of work on the front end wrestling with that question initially around, okay, what are some of the requirements that we need to put in place either temporary or permanent in this season that we're in. And we talk about wearing masks. I mean, I can remember early on, we were talking about how do you even hand food to customers? Because we had no idea the impact that COVID was going to have and how you could catch it. I mean, this sounds crazy now, but we even, there was a time when it was like, can this be exchanged on money or credit mm. cards? Could the virus be exchanged through transactions like that? We're like, we have no idea. So, a lot of our time and energy was spent on how do we make sure that a team member, when working in a restaurant, because they wanted to work, I mean, you, you know, there for a while, everything shut down, right? But very soon after, it's like, okay, I still need to make money. I got to pay bills. So team members wanted to work. And first and foremost, it was an emphasis on how do we make sure people feel safe? So that was the physical piece. And then you start talking about psychological peace, the emotional peace, the stability of having a job. 
you know, then we realized that customers wanted to feel, of course, they wanted to feel safe. How do we make sure they felt safe in a drive through And so we put all these systems and processes in. It was all built around this theme of feeling safe. Then I think we started, and that took us, I mean, honestly, that probably took six months of continued changes because every day you'd, you'd have Dr. Fauci coming on TV saying, <laughs> here's a, a new learning, right? And we were all That's trusting right. that right. wisdom. And, um, you know, you're like, okay, we want to make sure we're careful here. But I think after about six months, then it became a conversation around, well, wait a minute, how can we possibly take advantage of an unexpected opportunity? Um, as bad as it was, as challenging as it was, I think really savvy entrepreneurs started asking questions around, okay, what do we need to do to be successful in this new economy? And you started seeing, I loved it when, you know, you take a, you walk the streets of say a downtown area and all of a sudden there are all these tables and chairs outside because we couldn't do anything inside. So people were building awnings, specifically if you've had the opportunity to visit a Chick-fil-A during that season, you probably saw homemade tents and canopies put up outside. And that was an attempt to keep team members safe. But at the same time, it was to potentially be successful, to take advantage of an unexpected opportunity. And so that's exactly what we did. We really focused on, okay, what are the tools and resources that we can put in place to actually help people be successful in this very difficult season. Another thing we did was we, we really thought about, and I kudos to all the operators, our franchisees out there. They said, how do we help other mom and pop shops, entrepreneurs be successful in our community? They started buying food from mom and pop places to feed their team members just to keep them in business. And so hmm. it really was this opportunity in a season where we could care for other people uh, while we were trying to take care of ourselves as well and for all of us to try and be successful doing it. Okay, so perfect. So with that being mind of uh, the idea of saying one of my first goals was to keep people safe and you know, and the second one was to explore how we can still be successful. So I think if I ask you first in your estimation, if you had to give yourself a percentage, how far did you get on those goals? Um, and, and I say this in the most humble way. Come on, tell us the truth. Beyond our wildest expectations. Um, That's beautiful. It, as soon as, and again, I, when we emphasized personal care, safety, that translated when, when customers began to see how much we cared for our team members. And those team members realized how much we were caring for them and they had jobs and they weren't unemployed. And those that got sick, we still paid them. It was like, wow, okay, I'm going to work even harder. And customers started to show up. And, and all of a sudden we had all these systems that were happening in and around our drive throughs And, you know, praise the Lord that we had a, a business that included a drive through for us. That was a game changer, but it was, I mean, in two years, we were experiencing double-digit growth throughout this entire wow. pandemic. And if you were at a Chick-fil-A any time in the last two years, you, you understand what I'm talking about. It was just craziness. And so customers were really happy. We were open. 
and they were really appreciative of how we cared for them and cared for our team members. Yeah. First of all, way to go. Um, I'm not going to make this a Chick-fil-A sponsored podcast, but I mean, it kind of is. You know, I think the key thing is, I told you this privately, in the middle of the pandemic, I mean, you know, we lost a love, we lost a loved one to uh, COVID. My uncle died and um, we, my wife was pregnant and during the, during the pandemic and had, he was incredibly sick the entire pregnancy. Mm. And the only place she felt safe going to was Chick-fil-A. My wife's a vegetarian, folks. She doesn't even eat the chicken. Like, literally, my wife doesn't order the chicken. She says, I'll take fries. I'll take the kale salad. I'll take the macaroni and cheese. I'll take, I mean, like, I mean, I'll take a fruit cup. Like, she, 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 she's ordering everything. But give, and I said, I'll take your breakfast scramble, hold the chicken, right? And they're like, what? You know? And the only place my wife felt safe because she saw the willingness to say, we, we're not going to, it doesn't matter what the government tells us to do. It doesn't matter what people are saying about either person, based on your perspective on the situation. We care about how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Shane, I, you know, I'm a crier anyway. I mean, I'm, and I mean it with all sincerity, like the loyalty that has been won in my family, strictly by someone's willing to say, we don't care how I feel about it. I'm trying to make sure you feel okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the I mean, I've, we've we've had Chick Fil A through DoorDash. We've had Chick Fil A through curbside. We have Chick Fil A through. I mean, I've done every way you can possibly do it. And I mean, don't worry, don't. I will say this: my uh, my status in in Chick Fil A one. I am. I mean, I'm. I'm at the top level. I mean, there's 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 nowhere else to go. I'm I'm, I'm kind of tapped out, um, but I, I'm a witness to that. And so, I, you kind of just kind of tapped on what went well. Um, so I, I kind of just ask you from your perspective. I mean, obviously protecting the business and not you know disclosing anything confidential. But from your perspective in your seat, in your role, in your goals, what didn't go well? I think what was in. I might say it a different way. I, I think what naturally occurred across our society was a feeling of disconnection and isolation. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't reserved for just those folks that were individuals in homes. That was that also happened to businesses. And so yeah. we had to shut down our office. We had to work remotely. I'm grateful for technology that allowed us to be able to continue to connect, but it is different. And we weren't as able to, you know, as a business, get out and physically support our franchisees. And, you know, I I would tell you that I think entrepreneurs are as close to NFL athletes as anybody on the planet. Here's what I mean. There's a, there's a limited number of small business owners, including Chick-fil-A. So to give you perspective, we probably got roughly 2,000 franchisees with Chick-fil-A. Well, it's fascinating. When you look at the NFL, they got about 2,000 athletes. And, it, you know, wow. and NFL athletes are expected to perform at very high levels every time they get on the field. I think about a Chick-fil-A operator. They're expected when those light when those lights come on and those doors open or that drive-through lane opens, they're expected to perform at a very high level. You know, they have an opportunity to be compensated extremely well. I mean, they're business for themselves, but they're not by themselves. But what's interesting is no one really understands what an NFL athlete goes through 
except for another NFL athlete. You know, it's Correct. it's just fascinating. I mean, that's to really understand the pressure, to really understand kind of what's expected. You need to talk to another NFL athlete, and it's the same thing wow. with entrepreneurs and our operators. And what COVID did was it created this dynamic where that group of people couldn't get together, where we couldn't mm. get together as coaches with our players and have conversations mm. about how are you doing really and how is your business mm. and how can I help? And so, yeah, you can pick up the phone, but man, the phone call does not replace a hug. It does not mm. replace the empathy that can be created when you're physically in the same space together. And so as I look back and you ask the question, what didn't go so well, I think what was a challenge for everybody was this this sense of isolation at times. And what we realized is yeah. that's a huge part of our culture is us spending time together. And without that, it can really be hard and challenging for anybody. And so a lot of, a lot of our operators went through some challenging times, some dark places, because there was so much pressure to, to add value and to care for their team members and their customer. You know, and we do this, we neglect to take care of ourselves when we're spending so much time taking care of others. And that was, that was something I think we could have worked a little bit harder on, but it was just really tough in that season for sure. Yeah. So so you kind of laid on to that bit. I mean, for those who don't know Shane Benson personally, but you've probably picked up on a lot from this podcast. One of Shane's strengths really is connection. I, I, I would say that, I mean, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of things you've had to work on over the years. We've talked about it in, in episodes past about how to work on being a better listener and getting a listening coach. Right. So you've never pretended to be perfect, but what you do better than most people probably, I would say, very organically, but yet refined over time, is foster connection. So to hear you say this was an area, right, that, I mean, just was, hey, I, I didn't like how this was going. But now knowing what you know now after obviously a year plus out of the office and leading people all over the country, if you had to experience this exact thing again, which obviously we pray we don't, what would you have done differently to navigate it. So obviously the business side, it's the expectations. So we're talking primarily about what you said just kind of happened organically due to the situation. Wow, that's a great question, Kevin. Um, I think there were some assumptions that I made that I would have, re- reflecting back on, I wouldn't have assumed that people were doing better than they were doing. You know, we all have a tendency, mm. how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? You know, it's like um, mm-hmm. we had a, a, a consultant that passed away uh, a couple years ago, and he was famous for asking the question, how are you doing? But he always added, really. And I think if, you know, looking back, uh, I think we could have done, I know I could have done a better job of picking up the phone and asking more people, how are you doing? Really, um, and really leaning into that and just having some more conversation with folks around what that might look like for them individually. As I reflect back, I, I just think, again, even the introverts out there wanted a little bit more extroversion. You know, it was like <laughs> I've had about as no- enough as I can take right now. So I, I think all of us realize looking back, 
those connections, whether they're virtually or not, make a difference. And, and I think we could have probably done a little bit more of that. That's power. That's powerful. Okay, so I've got a couple more questions to kind of take from the lessons you got, and I think um, these questions will set a lot of us up to glean a bit more, right? So we talked about obviously thirty plus years in one organization, decades in leadership, decades leading a family with a demanding career, right? What would you say are some of the biggest lessons you learned over this past year? And for the sake of all of us, if you don't mind differentiate between what was a new aha for you or insight versus a reminder or just a reinforcement. Mm. So, it, so, so, so whatever, just whatever your mind goes to what we want to do, but it's, but just differentiate for us. What's a reminder or a reinforcement versus, Hey, this is all new. I never, I never had this insight before 2021 or 2020. Yeah. It's another great question. And so appreciate it. So, you know, interestingly, I did have a pretty significant 2021 in reflection. And one of the things looking back that I learned, I mean, we how many podcasts have we spent talking about goals and setting goals and having goals and reviewing goals? And they are fantastic. <laughs> I, and don't hear me uh, say that I, I'm – you know, it's, it's important to set goals. And I think it's even more important to set professional goals. Here was the aha that I had personally. Personally, I got more focused on rhythms, routines, and rituals. Let me tell you what I mean mm. by that. You know, when you're in the middle of COVID, I think it's it was really important for me and something I learned was it was actually a little bit easier because I was at home to have better rhythms, better routines, and some additional rituals. And here was the learning that I had. I've been so goal-oriented in the past that I would do things like, I want to have 24 date nights with Gina, my wife. 24. And two things would happen. I'd hit the 24 and be really excited and then bummed the next day because I got to set a new goal. (laughs) Or I wouldn't hit the 24 and I'd be bummed because I didn't hit the 24. And it was like, in a small way, I was more interested in the 24 than I actually was in the outcome of the date night, if you know what I mean. You know, it's like, I got got my checklist, man. And I get back from a date and I go to my checklist and check it off. It's like, all right, I'm at 12. Mm-hmm. I got 12 more to do. Like, it, like I'm like, <laughs> looking back, I'm like kind of embarrassed to say that. But here's what the difference is. What's the routine? What's the ritual? What's the rhythm that you have in dating your spouse? Man, that's powerful. What's the rhythm mm-hmm. of conversations that you have? with your spouse? What's the routine or what's the ritual or what's the rhythm you have with taking walks, having conversations, talking about life? And all of a sudden, my mind shifted to these things that you look forward to doing because they're a rhythm in your life and not a goal. Mm. And I've even translated Mm. some of that to work. What's the rhythm that I have around making connections versus the goal Mm -hmm. that I set around making Mm -hmm. connections? Now, don't hear me saying goals, I think, are really important. 
But the big learning for me was there's actually power, maybe even more power Mm -hmm. in the rhythms that you have, Mm -hmm. in the routines that you put in place. Get excited about the rhythm and the routine of exercising versus the goal of saying, I'm going to exercise four times a week. Um, It's a nuance, but there's something about that that I think is really, really powerful. So that was a big aha for me in 2021, for sure. As you were talking, I was just thinking thinking to myself, this is exactly why I wanted to do this episode. Because I'm just saying, the go-getters and the future difference makers listening to this podcast, we set goals. Yeah. Like, that's what we do. Like, that's what we do. And what I love that, and so for anyone who might be struggling still to pick up what he's saying, I think we all get it. But just one, one thing that you were saying that kind of had my light bulb go off. I was like, Kevin, imagine if you listen to what Shane's saying, and if you imagine yourself saying, okay, if I, if I set 24 date nights and I was able somehow through magic to have a weekly date night with my wife for 24 weeks in a row, the first 24 weeks of the year, there's no way I could logically still have a great marriage if I abandon it for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. Mm-hmm. And said, and said hey, I did example. it. I did it. High five. We get, we, we got the goal. Let's hang back and say, let's move on. If the outcome you're seeking from the goal would not be sustained after goal, after the goal is achieved, it might require a ritual, mm-hmm. a rhythm, mm-hmm. or a routine, right? It may not be something you should be setting traditional goals on in a traditional stereotypical way because if I can't do it for 24 weeks in a row hit the goal and abandon it and call it achieved that means it really wasn't designed to be structured like that anyway something to think about maybe a different way to think about this too is what's the rhythm that you could put in your life that would make you want to date your wife more of the time like what's that rhythm Hmm. Um, a good friend of mine suggested, I got to be careful. Well, I know Gina's not going to listen to this podcast, so I'm going to be fine. Um, but I'll share it. But here's <laughs> what I do. She doesn't know. So a good friend of mine said, I want you to wake up and I want you to stare at Gina's face because I always get up before she does. I want you to stare at her face for 60 seconds every day while, while she's asleep. asleep. Look at every single nuance in her face. Look at every single wrinkle, every single freckle, and remember how come you love her so much. That Hmm. one rhythm, doing that every day, makes me want to date her that much more, makes me want to do things for her that much more. And it's not because I said, I got a goal. It's because it's a rhythm of living life that I think when we do this, when mm. you do this with your kids, what's the rhythm or ritual that you've put in place that makes you fall in love, re-fall in love with them every single day, even when they're crazy people, you know? <laughs> but what's that rhythm that you have in your life that just makes you fall in love with them every single day? And I'm not saying it's perfect, but there's a there's power in the rhythm, the ritual, and the routine. And I think when we do those things more of the mm-hmm. time, we end up accomplishing a whole lot more. Woo. Okay. First of all, thank you, sir. I have two more questions. I, I'm, I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to let Shane go. All right. Two more questions. What was one lesson you saw your emerging 
leaders learning, those within your team over the past year or so that you'd like to pass along to the other emerging leaders in our audience? Mm, That's great. I think the ones that I, you know, I took notes, like I was like taking notes from these leaders, the ones that I felt like were able to leverage the best parts of virtual and the best parts of in-person. Like, you know, some people were like, I can't wait till we get done with in-person. I can't, I'm for virtual. I can't stand it. I want to get back to what we did. And then there'd be others like, man, I love virtual. I can't, I'm going to go all virtual. <laughs> it was actually the ones that figured out how to do both and are leveraging that really well. So this is a really tactical example. But, you know, coming back to the office, I've got some leaders that have said, you know what, Mondays, I'm always going to be in person because that's when most everybody's going to be here. I'm going to leverage that time, maximize it. But my Tuesday through Thursday, I'm only going to have virtual meetings. And these one-on-one experiences, kind of like what we're doing today, really work. And it actually saves the person I'm meeting with and myself time. I can actually be more productive. And so I think what I found is the really good leaders are doing a really good job of blending the two. Again, Mm. when the rate of external change, right, Mm -hmm. exceeds the rate of internal change, I'm not willing to change. Disaster is imminent. And Mm -hmm. I think there's some power in figuring out, gosh, what are all the things that we learned during this pandemic that we can then take with us? And leave the stuff that's maybe not as productive or not as helpful. But those are the ones, I, I think those leaders really figured out a way to blend the two. I love that. That I did not think you were going to go there. That's fantastic. All right, last question. What are some of the major changes or upgrades you're making to your systems to improve your performance and even cultivate your potential over this upcoming year? So, you know, I talked about not setting goals, but I still set goals. Let me tell you that. Um, You know, I don't know about y'all, but I found myself in a little bit of a a, a grayer place. I won't say dark, but it was grayer. I wasn't as motivated 2021. Quite honestly, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's coming back. (laughs) Like, what? What? It's coming back. I thought we were through all this, right? And so I got back to, you know, and I think David Farmer had mentioned this, but almost this box top, this scorecard, you know, on one sheet of paper, what are these five areas in my life? What are a couple of key areas in my professional life? What are some goals associated with that? What I added was what are some rhythms? What are some routines, some rituals? Putting that down on what we call a box top, kind of a one pager, setting some objectives, some timelines, and then getting back to the practice of reviewing that once a week. It can be, here's five things I'm working on. Here's my here's my milestone over the next 90 days. But looking at it on a weekly basis is something that I reflect back on. I go, I got back to it. And it helped mm-hmm. me get out of that what I call gray space. I was just in a spot where I was not motivated. And I think it had a lot to do with the season that all of us found ourselves in. And it 
that box top is a way to get re-engaged and to get a little bit more, more motivated about what's coming up. I love that. I love that. I mean, and you know, you, we talked about this actually, I think in 2020 as a team, and that was giving ourselves permission to shorten the horizons, right? Yeah. So instead of going annual, you go 90 days. And maybe instead of going 90 days, you go seven days. Like I just need to look at the next seven days over and over and over again so that I don't have to get overwhelmed by what's so far out, you know, or or more importantly, just say to myself, hey, I, I just need clarity for what's the next seven days provide, right? And I can regroup over the weekend and we'll keep moving forward. But that's really helpful, Shane. So first of all, I'm, I knew this was going to be what I thought it was going to be. It was like, it's just, it's just really powerful for us as emerging leaders to say, when we have these experienced leaders out there that are still top of the, their game, that we know are investing in their learning, what does that look like? And how, and, and how can we start to get a little bit of a, a preview for some of us who may not necessarily, we might still be on the, I don't even know how to set and keep stick to my goals yet conversation, but some of us are saying, yeah, where do I find that line? And I think that this conversation has been very, very helpful. And more importantly, for those who are, who just heard this for the first time, this entire process is something we encourage you to do on your own. What was I trying to make happen here this year? How far did I get? Okay. Well, what happened? <laughs> right. What went well? What didn't go so well? What didn't go as planned? What would I do differently? Right. Your your ability to evaluate your experiences is where the wisdom is found. I'm thankful for Shane, obviously, for, for his vulnerability and his leadership for all of us today, um, but more importantly, his friendship. So, Shane, thank you again, as always, my friend. I appreciate you. Grateful for you, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Big thanks to Shane for taking time out of his schedule to share vulnerably about what he's done well and where he wants to improve. Uh, Well, I'll just jump right into a few of my takeaways from our conversation. The first one I wrote down was to stop assuming people are doing well simply because they appear to be doing well. There are plenty of people in our lives, colleagues, team members, leaders, clients, customers, friends, and family who are likely hiding their pain in the name of professionalism or political correctness or, you know, some other thing, maybe even guilt or shame. I don't want to be the kind of person that people can't be human in front of. So I'm going to start making a habit of asking, how are you doing? Really? Um, I, I try to do this already, but I think I've never been intentional. It's just a gut feeling. And I think I could be more intentional about making it a habit and not something I do circumstantially. As an avid goal setter, I really appreciate Shane challenging my thinking about goal achievement. Um, a while ago, my mentor, Brian Miles, helped me learn the value of measuring my activity, not solely my accomplishments. Especially at home where the scoreboard is fuzzy at times. And I love how Shane encouraged us to focus on rhythms, routines, and rituals in lieu of goal achievement. And to use the commitment to those rhythms, routines, and rituals as the actual goals. In areas like our marriage, spiritual life, parenting, and even leadership at work, those deposits in relationships 
significantly increase our chances of getting what we actually want, a deep, meaningful connection with others. And I also love this idea of proactively becoming a hybrid leader, someone that figures out how to leverage the best of virtual and in person. While he was talking, I was actually imagining a few ways that I could improve in this area. Lastly, the statement that rings the loudest in my head, even right now, is when the rate of external change exceeds the rate of internal change, or dare I say growth, disaster is imminent. I feel like Shane's words are both encouragement and a warning for all of us. It is a great representation of even why we created this podcast. We don't just want to succeed. We want to proactively avoid the imminent disasters that we know are possible for all of us if we are not careful. So as Shane said, again, such a great quote, when the rate of external change exceeds your rate of internal growth, disaster is imminent. Well, Difference Makers, we covered a lot today. And if you want a summary of today's episode, visit executiveminds.co forward slash 206. That's executiveminds.co forward slash 206. Uh, With that, I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Executive Minds, where we help go-getters like you become difference makers with the guidance you need to convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. Uh, If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Subscribing automatically delivers episodes to you every week so you can grow on the go. Uh, You can find Executive Minds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Also, help us spread the word and support more ambitious professionals and leaders like you by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Then please join us for our upcoming episodes. Uh, We'll soon be revisiting a conversation that Shane and I had with Ashley Jones, founder of Love Not Lost, the incredible nonprofit that photographs people facing a terminal illness and is now revolutionizing the way their families heal in grief. Then we'll continue our series of episodes where you'll be hearing from the mentor team about the lessons we've learned over the past year. And hopefully you too will discover a process for evaluating and extracting wisdom from your experiences. Until next time, remember, organizations are just groups of people with a shared purpose. That means your organization grows when you grow. So today, grow where you are and grow what you're given without anyone's permission, because growth is a choice. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Executive Minds, the podcast helping you convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us for the next episode. 
For show notes and more resources, visit executiveminds.co. That's executiveminds.co. The Art of Leadership Network.